Closer Look is a public affairs presentation. Views and opinions of the guests don't always reflect the views of the ministry, and some topics aren't suitable for children. K-Love is committed to community. Closer Look continues with a look at local agencies, events, and issues. I'm Maria Morgan. This is Closer Look. My guest is Congresswoman Karen Bass of Los Angeles. She represents California's 37th District House of Representatives. It's an honor to have you with us, Congresswoman Bass. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. First of all, how are you? What about you and your family? Are you sheltering in place at home or? I am absolutely sheltering in place at home in Los Angeles and my family is fine. Thank you for asking. Everybody is healthy so far. Oh, that's all we can ask for is uh, one day at a time, I'm, I'm guessing. Exactly. Right about now, that's the, that's the truth. Right. I know that you've worked, uh, you worked as a physician's assistant for many years. You were right on the front lines at one time um, before you were in Congress. In the ER, in fact, of uh, the L.A. County Hospital. Do I understand you worked in the middle of the AIDS crisis? I worked at the very beginning of the AIDS crisis when they didn't know what it was. They called it the gay pneumonia. We had no idea how the virus was transmitted. And so this whole issue around uh, personal protective equipment was non-existent. We didn't even use gloves to draw blood or to do other other procedures. Oh, there's a little too much deja vu in this for you then, isn't there? Absolutely right. I mean, the difference, of course, is that this is a pandemic and impacts the entire country. But uh, at the time, I mean, we just really didn't know. And it was very scary. So as a healthcare person, you know, we were absolutely committed to taking care of our patients. But we knew very well that we were also risking our own health, too. As a former healthcare worker, what do we need to understand, those of us who are not, uh, what do we need to understand and appreciate about what these folks are facing? Well, I mean, the other thing that is profoundly different this time is that the healthcare workers are dying. I mean, to me, this reminds me of the Ebola crisis in Africa, where you had healthcare workers that were dropping like flies. And it is just very frightening to think of the police officers, the paramedics, the physicians, the nurses. These folks feel like they have the training. They know what to do if they if they can just protect themselves and they can protect their families from the virus and they can get in there and do their work. Absolutely. And I mean, and I think the other thing, not just coming from the fact that I was a, a healthcare worker, but that people are risking their lives and they know it. But they are that dedicated to their jobs and we should honor them, which is why it's been so refreshing to see how in New York, when the people come to work, there's folks standing out there clapping. I mean, that makes all the difference in the world for their motivation, because you can only imagine how demoralizing it is. When you work in the in the healthcare field, you're trying to save lives, not compile bodies. And, uh, and I can just imagine how demoralizing it is that they see people dying who they very well know shouldn't have died. We really could have been much better. I mean, we've, we've been through a number of, of uh, epidemics where we actually know better. And the fact that we didn't have leadership on a national level, and it was a significant contributing factor to the fact now that more people have died in the United States than any other country. That brings to mind the um, the people that uh, are hardest hit by this, those that may not have the same voice. And I know that you, as a member of the Congressional Black Caucus, are particularly concerned about how this virus is, is hitting the Black community. Well, first of all, you have... The disproportionate uh, rate of disease and illness in the African-American community is well known. 
But what we are seeing now is an extreme example of that, where you have the death rate being three times the amount of the population. You have a uh, population in um, Chicago in the state of Illinois that's around 20 or so percent African-American and a 70 percent of the people who are dead were black. You have the same thing in Louisiana. You have the same thing in many other cities. Even in Los Angeles, the uh, African-American population is 9 percent and uh, 19 percent of the people that are dead. So what the Congressional Black Caucus is doing is calling for an immediate emergency intervention. We need to have comprehensive testing. We need to do the contact tracing to see who other people that might be ill, where they got the virus from, whether they're showing symptoms or not. What I'm worried about is, is that a narrative is attempting to be established that says that Black folks have so many health problems, we can't really deal with this death rate. And I think that is just absolutely unacceptable. Anytime you have a cluster of problems in a population, whether it's a cancer cluster, in this sense, it's a COVID cluster, you rush in and you deal with it. You don't say, throw up your hands and say, there's nothing for us to do here. So we are fighting very specifically for data collection, for the information to be disseminated, and for emergency intervention. In fact, uh, you've uh, co-sponsored a bill to make sure that that data is collected within 60 days. We are approaching it legislatively, but we also are just doing old-fashioned advocacy. So we had a um, call the other day with Dr. Fauci, but we are following up to demand that test kits be sent, that there be, again, comprehensive, focused testing, um, and you know, following up in several other ways to make sure that, that, number one, I mean, it's not clear whether the Trump administration ordered for racial data to no longer be included or if they're just not disseminating it. And so they're supposed to get back to us within two weeks with the data. So we'll see. I'm Maria Morgan. This is Closer Look. My guest is Congresswoman Karen Bass of Los Angeles, representing California's 37th district in the United States House of Representatives. Um, As part of your work uh, with the Judicial Subcommittee, you've also been very concerned about the incarcerated people, uh, prisoners who obviously are sitting in the potential Petri dish of pandemic. Consider these issues the same in the sense that there are Black people who are free and Black people that are incarcerated. And um, the idea that we would allow people to sit in jail and sit in prison because they cannot make bail uh, or because they missed an appointment so they've been violated, you know our prisons are overcrowded. You can't tell the general public to do social distancing and to wear masks and to wash their hands and have the exact opposite situation in a jail or a prison. You can't do social distancing in a jail. So why don't we empty the jails of the people who really are not a threat to society? So if you're in jail because you forgot to pay your parking fine, I have a hard time understanding why you need to be incarcerated. So pregnant women, children, uh, we need to really release a number of people. But having said that, we need to make sure that the people that come back in the community are healthy, because if you don't, you're sending them into the communities that are already uh, over-concentrated in terms of the death rate. Which comes back to the concentrated testing that you were pushing so hard for. Yes, exactly. That's right. Were you also working with um, the homeless population in Los Angeles? And also, I know you have a heart 
for foster youth. What's going on on those fronts? The interesting thing is that all of these issues are connected because, you know, who is the homeless population in the United States? I mean, in in Los Angeles, 9% of the population is African-American, 40% of the homeless population are African-American. If you look at the foster care situation, all of these systems are interrelated and they're all disproportionately represented by African-Americans. And if you add in Latinos, it's a good 80 to 90% of those systems, whether you're talking about jail, foster care, homeless, et cetera. Now, the, the uh, factor that is consistent in all of these populations is poverty. And so um, working with foster youth, if you were to do a survey of our prisons and jails, you would find out that a large percentage of people that are incarcerated were in the foster care system when they were growing up. And so my concern is, is that again, here you have a pandemic and the most vulnerable people in society are going to be victims to that pandemic. And so we need to do specific intervention. I'm glad to say that, you know, we're so fortunate we live in the state of California. We have the leadership that we do here through our governor, who's been doing a wonderful job and through our mayors. And so the governor, Uh, set aside $84 million to help foster youth. So a lot of what happens in California, I take on the national stage and say, see, we're doing it in California. We know the stimulus checks are hitting many accounts and uh, that is uh, something that people have been looking forward to. What other kinds of things are you working on as a member of uh, the House of Representatives to connect with people who are suffering through this? Well, first of all, I think we need more stimulus. Um, One stimulus check is great, uh, but if you've lost your job, that pays for a couple of bills and then you're stuck. So the extension of unemployment, uh, additional stimulus checks, especially resources to our small businesses, because I'm worried that if this pandemic ended tomorrow, a lot of the people who lost their jobs will have no jobs to go back to. So we have to make sure that our small businesses are maintained. And I'm concerned about education. You know, we have all of our, all of our young people in the entire, you know, city, Los Angeles Unified, won't go back to school until September. You know, for all practical purposes, they've missed an entire school year. And so what about the gaps? I worry about the kids, especially in the lower primary grades, um, where you, you send a computer home to the family. Well, what if the family doesn't know how to operate the computer? The five or six-year-old kid certainly doesn't. And so I worry about, I think that there's just going to be so many issues following on this pandemic that we're going to have to deal with for quite a while. So I'm concerned about the immediate issues, but I'm also concerned about the long-term issues of the problems that we're going to be left with, one, health-wise, but also economically when this pandemic is over. I'm Maria Morgan. This is Closer Look. My guest is Congresswoman Karen Bass of Los Angeles, representing California's 37th district in the United States House of Representatives. Representative Bass, what would be your message to the American people in this crisis? Well, my message to the American people is we need to stay strong. I know that we will get over this. Uh, We need to stay together and we need to abide by what the public health experts are telling us to do. And then when we're over this epidemic or while we're even going through it, we are having an election in a few months. And I don't want that to be taken off the radar screen. I want people to understand the consequences of what happens when you don't vote. And since everybody is home, I am hoping that you have filled out your census form. 
You have plenty of time to do it, no excuse. And California has to pay attention to it because how our resources are decided within our communities is based on the census. Whether or not we have 54 members of Congress or 50 members of Congress is determined by the census. So it's in all of our interest to make sure that we fill out that form. If a listener needs to reach you or your office, what's the best way to do that? And are you still holding the telephone town halls? Yes, yes, yes. We do them all the time. My office number is 323-965-1422. And you can call our office. You can leave us your email and we will let you know the next time we do a town hall. And you, uh, you will be there to answer questions or how does that usually work? Absolutely. We do both. Well, in this, in this atmosphere right now, when we do the town halls, we have people on the line who can answer questions like, I didn't get my stimulus check. I'm on disability. How do I get this? How do I get that? So we're dealing with people's day-to-day problems on our town halls. And, uh, and then, you know, of course, I fill people in on what's happening in Washington. Look forward to talking with you again sometime in the future. Anytime. Thank you very much. Thank you. I'm Maria Morgan. This is Closer Look. This has been Caleb Closer Look. Find us online at caleb.com.